is The Guardian. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates and this is The Full Story. This federal election, climate-focused independent candidates, known as the Teal Independents, are facing off against Liberal MPs in some of Australia's wealthiest electorates. One of the tightest contests is in the Sydney seat of Wentworth, where the issue of climate change looms large. So how do the people of Wentworth feel about their Teal Independent candidate, Allegra Spender? What power could the Teal Independents wield in the 47th Parliament of Australia? Today, the rise of the Teal Independence and the battle for Wentworth. It's Wednesday, the 27th of April. So, Josh, I've been hearing a lot about the Teal Independence over the past couple of months and also Climate 200 and these different campaigns called Voices Of. Can you just break down what all these terms mean and what their different stances are? The way I sort of think about them is sort of like overlapping circles in like a Venn diagram. Josh Butler is a political reporter at Guardian Australia. So the teal independent, people use the term teal, which is, you know, like a like a greeny kind of blue. The Liberal Party colour is blue, obviously green being green. Like these these candidates, they sort of campaign on like a liberal-ish kind of background on like the economy and, and on more green issues on the environment and that sort of thing, hence teal, which is what they, they sort of turn themselves. And a lot of them, their campaign colours are teal. They wear teal T-shirts and teal posters mm. and that sort of thing. Some of these candidates you know, do have liberal backgrounds, come from business communities and now running as independents. Um, they are basically all uh, are running in liberal held seats around the country. So Climate 200, which a lot of people might have heard of, it, its convener is uh, Simon Holmes of Court. We have a government more interested in winning elections than improving our great nation. We have a government that seeks power without purpose. We are frustrated about climate inaction We're frustrated about corruption in politics and we are frustrated about the treatment and safety of women. Uh, He's a climate activist, he's a philanthropist. Homes of Court started this Climate 200. So essentially a fundraising vehicle that has been funding independent candidates. It raises money or donations from, you know, small donors and big donors as well. The way I sort of think about it, it's kind of like a political action group that you would like, that might be more common in America, for Mm. instance, where, um, you know, people fundraise or organise around a certain goal or a certain outcome or what have you and then um, fund candidates that that back those sort of goals. And Simon Holmes, the court, has said, you know, they don't start the campaigns, um, they don't select the candidates that that will run in a certain seat. Um, Essentially, he's said that the way they choose candidates that they'll contribute some funds to is if the candidate, you know, has what he says, you know, like a decent chance of getting a good number of votes and that their their campaign is sufficient on its own, that it's um, uh, self-sustaining and that it's successful already. And what about the voices of campaigns? What are they? These voices groups, and they might be, you know, voices of a certain seat, voices of Wentworth or voices of Kuyong or voices of Goldstein or, or, or what have you. These groups sort of independently sprung up to sort of back community candidates to try and find some um, independent candidates that might run in those seats. And then Climate 200 has selected, I guess, a couple of those and, you know, some people who aren't in the voices groups as well. But there are some voices candidates, many voices candidates who aren't getting Climate 200 funding or who have indeed declined to take that Climate 200 funding. Right. And is it correct to say that a Voices of campaign might get a candidate 
agreeing to run, get the whole campaign going, and then Climate 200 might swoop in and kind of boost that campaign with funding and more support. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's sort of the way my understanding of, of how it works. Um, I think boost is probably a good term. Like it's not to, you know, bankroll the whole thing or to choose a candidate or anything like that. Mm. And how many of these teal independents are in with a real shot to win this election? Yeah, there are a few key seats that uh, everyone is sort of keeping their eye on, the Liberal-held seats. So in New South Wales, there's uh, Wentworth and the seat of North Sydney as well. Um, in Victoria, Huyong and, and Goldstein. And in WA, there's Curtin. Um, but also uh, the uh, Zali Stegall holds the New South Wales seat of Warringah, and that's obviously had a lot of attention because of the uh, Liberal candidate, Catherine Deves, there mm. in that seat too. Some of the seats do have fairly big margins in favour of the Liberal Party. Curtin's on nearly 14%, which is quite a big margin, but there is a lot of talk that the independent uh, there, Kate Cheney, she has a business background and is quite well known in that community that she could do quite well there. So mm. Goldstein, which is held by the Liberal Minister um, Tim Wilson, um, he's on a 7.8% margin, but there's a popular independent, Zoe Daniel, who's a former ABC reporter, who's who's challenging him. And uh, in Kuyong, the treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, um, seen as a future liberal leader, he's got a 5.7% margin, but he's been challenged in a really, um, really hard fought race by a paediatrician, Monique Ryan, who's giving a real run for his money. But one of the more interesting ones, um, probably the closest contest will be Wentworth in Sydney's East. I spent a bit of time there recently talking to the independent candidate and, and some voters there. So Josh, tell me about the seat of Wentworth. What do we need to know about it? So Wentworth covers an area of most of the eastern part of Sydney. It is quite a wealthy area. Uh, it's got some of the country's most exclusive and, and expensive real estate out to, to Bondi and uh, up to Vaucluse. The seat's been held by the Liberals almost continuously since 1901, um, apart from a, a short period a few years ago. Former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull held it for more than a decade. He was in from 2004 till 2018. But when he resigned as an MP after um, getting knocked off as Prime Minister, Karen Phelps, a high-profile independent and a doctor, um, she faced off against um, Dave Sharma in a by-election in 2018 and she quite spectacularly uh, won and, and got a bit done in her time there in, in the parliament, most most famously the, the Medivac legislation about refugees and medical transfers. But that was pretty short-lived, her time there. After just seven months, there was a, a federal election and, and Dave Sharma won that seat on his second tilt. But again, it was very, very close. So he just holds it now on a 1.3% margin. Mm, right. So we've seen in just a couple of years a historically safe and renowned Liberal seat really turn to a knife's edge with a first-term Liberal MP currently holding it. What kind of issues do people care about in this seat of Wentworth? Yeah, so I spoke to um, a lot of voters, a bunch of voters across the whole spectrum on a, a three-day visit to Wentworth uh, a few weeks ago. Like many voters around the country, people were very concerned with um, things like cost of living and, and obviously some some hyper-local issues like, like potholes and, and roads. But Overwhelmingly, uh, climate change was the issue everyone wanted to talk about in this electorate. Almost every single person brought it up unprompted mm. as their, their main issue and the one that they were most concerned about and that they would base their vote on. Um, so I spoke to uh, a woman called Bianca Wesson on the Bondi Beach promenade there. I think it's all about bloody climate change at the moment, I hate to say. Very boring, but it's true. People just want the government to, to stop, you know, maybe making plastic bags, plastic bottles, whatever it is 
so that we, you know, stop having rubbish around. In Double Bay, I spoke to Fiona um, and she said... Climate, first and foremost. Women. Climate and women's issues are the most important issues to people in Wentworth. It's a little entitled, this suburb, this area, um, but people, I think, are coming around and starting to have a little bit more social conscience and with any luck we might get rid of this government and uh, turn things around a little bit. And it's this issue of, of climate change that's led um, some people to believe that the independent uh, Allegra Spender um, might have the best chance of any of these um, teal independent candidates um, of getting a seat off the current uh, incumbent Liberal MP, Dave Sharma. Hmm. Right, so what do we need to know about the incumbent, Dave Sharma? and his challenger, independent Allegra Spender. So Sharma's been in for um, just one term. He's a former public servant and a diplomat. He was Australia's ambassador to Israel for a number of years. In his time in the parliament, um, he's been one of the most moderate, um, most pro-climate change action members of the coalition. Mm. So Sharma decided to um, not give me an interview for this piece, but in uh, various public statements uh, recently around election time, he's been really uh, keen to emphasise his uh, environmental credentials. He's been talking up the influence that he claimed he had on the coalition's climate policy and their commitment to to net zero last year. I guess, for example, last year before the COP26 climate summit, um, Sharma and a few other Liberal MPs were urging their colleagues to um, adopt a, a 2035 target of 40 to 45% cut in greenhouse emissions. He was obviously knocked back. The coalition didn't uh, agree to that. Um, but yeah. he has made these claims about his influence um, on the coalition's climate policy nonetheless, most recently in a candidate's debate in Sky News last week. What I've shown through my time in Parliament in three years on climate change, I was one of several who convinced our party room to support a commitment to net zero emissions by 2050. That wasn't in our election platform at the last election. That wasn't in Labor's election platform at the last election. I'm one of the people that's helped deliver $22 billion in investment into renewable energy technology and clean energy technologies. Those are the sorts of things I can do. Right. We've seen in previous Guardian reporting that he's been pretty keen to align himself with this climate movement. And some say it's actually influenced what his campaign materials look like. Can you tell us a bit about that, Josh? As previously reported in The Guardian, um, a few voters took to social media uh, last month sharing some pamphlets and other election material they received from Dave Sharma. These posters and, and flyers and that sort of thing had a teal blue colour scheme very similar to um, the, the the colours that these independents are using and mm. some of them some of them didn't mention the Liberal Party at all. Um, they didn't have the logo or anything like that on them. Right. So you'd be forgiven to thinking that Dave Sharma is a teal independent at first glance at some of these campaign materials. Is that right? Well, maybe some people could think that. Um, <laughs> he, he, he's denied that was the case. He's always said that it's common knowledge that he's a Liberal MP. Uh, he says his ballot papers will show that he's from the Liberal Party, obviously, and, and that sort of thing. Mm. Okay, so tell me about Allegra Spender, the Climate 200 independent. So... Yes, Allegra Spender is a business analyst. She's um, the current CEO of the Australian Business and Community Network. Um, she's not run for political office before, but she is from a well-known family with very strong liberal connections. So she's the daughter of the Australian fashion designer Carla Zampatti, but her um, father, John Spender, um, was a liberal MP. Um, he held the seat of North Sydney um, for about a decade. He was a front bencher under John Howard. Mm. Right, so if she's from 
a very well-known Liberal family. Why is she running as an independent rather than with the Liberal Party? So, well, she explained to me she claims that neither the Liberal Party nor the Labor Party aligned with her political values. I've never joined either party and the reason I've not not joined either party is because neither party has covered what I think is important. Neither party has been the solution to what do I think is the future for Australia and the policies that we should have. And the second piece is I'm really turned off by the, the political fighting that goes on in the major parties. You look at Question Time and it's a, it's a series of sort of gotcha moments as opposed to a respectful debate about what are the most important policy issues facing us as a country. You know, I've got young kids and I was like, I don't want my kids to behave like that. I don't want to be part of that culture. So one of those values is, of course, uh, climate change and um, the government's perceived inaction um, on that issue. Um, mm. So at the the top of her policy list um, is a pledge to cut emissions by at least 50% by 2030. So that's almost double what Coalition's 26 to 28% cut is um, at the moment. And her 50% um, call is, you know, still outstripping Labor's commitment of 43%. I'm really strong in terms of what I stand for and that as it comes back to its climate um, and in terms of more greater ambition in 2030 and how do we get there. Mm. Can you tell me a bit about her campaign? You mentioned she's aligned with Climate 200. How does that relationship actually work? Well, yeah, so when I spoke to her, she was keen to emphasise all the support that she's getting uh, locally from, from you know, in terms of volunteers and, and local funds and that sort of thing. We've got literally hundreds of volunteers, over 550 volunteers. We've got over 2,500 supporters, you know, hundreds of donors to the campaign. So we're really, really excited by the momentum. She didn't say exactly how much she was taking or that she'd been offered from Climate 200, but I'm told that um, less than half of her campaign funds are coming from that group. The rest will be coming from, mm. you know, donations that she's solicited or, or received herself. And we do know we do know she is spending quite a bit of money. Um, it was reported in The Guardian at the weekend that uh, Spender and Climate 200 had spent um, almost $140,000 on uh, Google and Facebook ads in, in Wentworth, um, which is more than twice the amount spent by the incumbent Sharma. Right. So that's quite a bit of money. Have we seen this happen elsewhere, that Climate 200 are outspending the incumbents in these Liberal seats? Our analysis of Facebook and Google um, uh, ad transparency data shows that the independent candidates um, backed by Climate 200 and and other individual donations are outspending their um, Liberal opponents by tens of thousands of dollars on digital ads in uh, the seats of uh, Kuyong, North Sydney, McKellar, Wentworth, Goldstein. Um, That is something that has some of those incumbent Liberal MPs quite worried. They're calling it uh, an immoral use of money um, where that money could, you know, could go towards solving uh, the issues in their electorates. But the flip side of that is some of these MPs are now spending lots and lots of cash. I was looking at some of the ads that the Liberal Party in Victoria is running against Monique Ryan, and there's a whole lot of different ads. They're spending some serious money. People have told me that the whole suburb is just like plastered with ads. All the biggest billboards are all saying Frydenberg. So there is definitely a spend on from both sides here. Okay, so outside of Allegra Spender's stance on climate, What is her pitch to the voters of Wentworth? Well, so she has a few other key policy platforms and sort of unsurprisingly, they they do link in quite a lot with what the rest of the Climate 200 independents are talking about. So Bender has been talking a lot about wanting a uh, federal ICAC with teeth. Um, She wants to preserve the ABC. She wants to outlaw uh, deceptive political advertising. Um, But I think one of her bigger pitches is a bit more of a broader one. She's claiming that Sharma is simply just not 
a uh, effective representative for Wentworth. We're one of the socially liberal, environmentally focused, business focused um, communities in the country, but we've got an elected representative who in theory should be representing us, but he's representing the, the party and their policies, which are not aligned into this community. So I think people are excited about getting behind candidates who actually can really stand up for that community and and um, advocate for those issues that are important to the community rather than walk the party line. The flip side of that is Sharma at this Sky News um, forum last week was saying that... I work in a party structure because I believe that can deliver enduring change. His pitch to, to counter that is saying that it's more effective to have a local representative who is the voice inside the tent, inside the government, rather than having an independent on the outside who just has a vote of, a vote of one. Now... You know who I am, you know what I stand for, you know that I'm a person of principle and integrity who will stand up for our community of Wentworth and has a track record of delivering for our community of Wentworth. So they're both sort of running on this platform of saying, well, I can stand up better for um, the Wentworth electorate than the other person can. Next, how voters in Wentworth feel about the Teal appeal and the view from the crossbench after the election. Right, so you have an independent from a renowned Liberal family running primarily on the government's bad record on climate and a Liberal MP saying, hold on a minute, I can push the coalition ahead on climate. In fact, I already have. How are these two pitches being received by the voters of Wentworth so far, according to the people that you spoke to, Josh? Well, some of the people that I spoke to, um, some were impressed by Sharma's actions um, in, his, in his time on the national stage. A, a few people um, you know, unprompted brought up the fact that he'd um, uh, crossed the floor in the debate over the religious discrimination bill. Yes, I do like him. I like the fact that he crossed the bench. I spoke to uh, a couple called Eve and Bert. Um, they were out for a, uh, their regular morning walk along the waterfront at Rose Bay. He seems to have the interests of the people at heart yeah. and uh, he supports local. You see him all over the place. Yeah. He's very visible, which is something I don't think we've ever had in the Wentworth area before. So even Bert, they were also quite disparaging um, of the uh, the independent, the Climate 200 movement. I mean, they come with these upstarts who've got no experience whatsoever, and this, these people get funded to stand up, and they only get stand, to stand up against the Liberals, no one else, and only and uh, they pick women to do it. It's it's a disgrace. But there were also a lot of other people who really respected Allegra Spender and said they wanted to see what she would do. They brought up her business experience and the fact that she had um, been a real local community member for a long time. She's fabulous. Fabulous. She's a breath of fresh air. She's smart. Whip smart. Canny smart. Um, she's worked all her life. She juggles family, children, career. I think it'll go down well. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think she seems to be. I mean, people are talking about her. Yeah, so in a, in a in a good way. Yeah, yeah. I, I look. I, I mean, I I don't know that much about her, but she seems impressive, and she stands for you know important issues which seem to resonate with us. Great. But they also brought up her mother, Carla Zampatti, who you know, famous member of of the community, very well known. Ah, uh, you know what? Supporter, you? I was a big fan of her mum, Carla Zampatti, yeah. um, yeah. and I love the fact that she has a family history of politics, albeit liberals. But, yeah, um, yeah let's see. 
I'm prepared to give her a chance, put it that way. Um, a lot of people said that they, you know, thought that she would be a good representative or, uh, you know, stand up for their community. I've got a feeling that she will put people on the spot, that she'll ask the difficult questions. I'm hoping she will and just keep whoever's in power on us. So Spender and, you know, some of the people that we spoke to as well who were Spender supporters said that... Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Dave Sharma. <laughs> uh, I've looked at a lot of his... Um, policies and his voting patterns and things like that and like they're very very closely aligned with Peter Dutton's voting pattern it's almost identical if you look at the patterns. They just didn't feel like Dave Sharma was standing up for their seat that he wasn't standing up enough on climate on issues around equality and a federal integrity commission and that sort of thing. So we have heard from many voters in electorates around the country that they're not going to vote based on their local candidate, but on their perception of the leaders of the major parties, especially the perception of Morrison. Did you hear similar things in Wentworth, Josh? Yeah, it, it was really interesting. There was a lot of anti-Morrison sentiment. There was, you know, people said that he'd stuffed up the bushfires, that he'd stuffed up the floods, that he'd stuffed up on vaccines and those sort of things, and, you know, it was time to go. No, I, no, he needs to go because I think he's completely out of touch. Uh, he's not honest. I mean, going back to the cop, Edinburgh, I mean, that was an absolute embarrassment but right now I'm ready for a change and, and I just think the way old Scotty from marketing is, I mean, he's not called that for, no, for nothing. What do you think about him? We hate him. <laughs> Trash. <laughs> but I don't want the Liberal Party to get in again. I feel they need to be kicked out. I've always voted Liberal, but they need to be kicked out and there needs to be some new blood. Did, did you vote for Liberal in the last election? Yes, I did. I've always voted Liberal. So what, what changed your mind? I don't like Scott Morrison. I think um, she's gaining a lot of popularity because people are fed up with the Liberals. Okay. So they're not really delivering. A lot of people who historically vote Liberal are going to vote for Allegra Spender instead. Um, another one that I got was people did have some sympathy for the guy but still thought he needed to go. Like, you know, feel a bit sorry for him, but maybe it's time to mm. try someone else out. What do you think about Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister? Oh, he's been in a tough job. Uh, look, I... He's probably done a few things wrong, but overall he's, you know, he's been in government, he's gotten us through the pandemic. The other thing too was, I mean, I spoke to, you know, dozens of people, got very, very little uh, pro-Labor, pro-Albanese sentiment. Mm. So even though there was a lot of people who, um, you know, didn't like Anthony Albanese, they thought Dave Sharma was doing a, a good job and that they just thought that maybe it was time. It was time for a change. I think it might be a time for change, especially <coughs> seeing ScoMo do what he's done for the last two years. So, Josh, a hung parliament is a real possibility in this election. Many believe it might be close. And in that case, the crossbench and any teal independents that get in may decide who forms the next government of Australia. Who would Allegra support in that type of situation? Do we know? Well, she's said all the way through, and I tried to, to get her on this in my interview with her, um, she said she was making no commitments before the election. Um, she says she doesn't feel any obligation to support either party. Coalition MPs have you know, demanded all these independents, not just Spender, but all the independents. They should state which major party they would back in a hung parliament, but I don't think any of them actually have. They've all basically just said, you know, we will 
we will support the one that, you know, best represents our values and our community's values. Right. So if we do see a leg spender and a few or even a slew of Teal independents win at the election, what will that look like and what type of influence could they have on the next parliament? Um, there's a lot of hypotheticals in that situation and it comes down to the actual numbers. I mean, I think the other thing too is here and it's important to note, it's not like on the first day of parliament after the election, all the MPs have to line up on one side or the other. Like These independents could realistically sit in the middle the whole way sign no formal agreement, you know, maybe give, they would would have to give what's called, you know, supply and confidence to one party or the other, but they wouldn't sign up to like a formal coalition with a small C rather than a big C, small C coalition um, with either Labor or or Liberal. It wouldn't, for instance, Labor Greens, Allegra Spender, Kylie Tink, Zoe Daniel coalition. It might be that those independents say to the government, Labor or Liberal, look, we'll back you in the parliament, we'll give you the money you need, but on each individual bill, you'll have to win this over. We'll, we will negotiate back and forth either way. Like it could be this situation where every single vote is like a knife edge. So in that mm. sense, I mean, if that came to pass, those independents would have a whole lot of power. They've basically said that they would get behind whichever party represented their values. And if you look towards the policies of uh, independents like Allegra Spender um, and the other ones in North Sydney and McKellar and, and wherever... They're talking about climate change. They're talking about uh, anti-corruption body. They're talking about uh, making parliament uh, a safer place, making it a more equal place in terms of gender balance. And all those policies seem to be ones where um, Labor has the more ambitious policies, not not as ambitious as the independents are, but more ambitious than, than the coalition. So on the one hand, you might say... Labor looks like it might be in the box seat to win some of those independent support if it came down to that hypothetical. But the flip side of that, again, like these are long-term historical liberal-held seats since, you know, (laughs) the start of Australian Parliament. Like, there's not an easy answer here, and I think there'll be a lot of horse trading and a lot of negotiations back and forth if one of those hypotheticals comes to pass. That was Josh Butler, political reporter at Guardian Australia. You can find more of The Guardian's election coverage at theguardian.com, including Josh's piece, Wentworth Climate Showdown, is Allegra Spender the new blood voters are looking for? We've also linked to that on the Full Story page. You can also listen to Full Story's campaign catch-up, our daily short election update that will tell you everything you need to know as the campaign progresses. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Karishma Luthria and Alison Chan, sound design and mixing by Daniel Simo. The executive producers of Full Story are Miles Martignoni, Gabrielle Jackson and me, Laura Mafiotes. Okay, catch you tomorrow.